Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI powered all star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at Shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Women Arsecast on Arsblog.com. Looking forward to a massive game, well two massive games really, next week and the week after against Wolfsburg of the Frauen Bundesliga. Obviously two times Champions League winners, three times finalists as well. Huge tie and obviously the first leg next week on Wednesday will be played at Emirates Stadium. Um, Then Arsenal have the small matter of a North London derby at Emirates Stadium again on Saturday. And then the following Thursday, Arsenal will go to Germany to play the quarterfinal second leg against Wolfsburg. So an enormous week and a bit ahead for the club. This is going to go out on the day that Arsenal play Coventry United in the FA Cup. But with all due respect to Coventry United, we're not going to talk about that. Not least because it would date the podcast very, very quickly. But we are going to look ahead to that massive Champions League quarterfinal tie with Wolfsburg. And there is absolutely nobody better to talk about Wolfsburg with than my guest for this podcast. Uh, she is the She is the German football German women's football researcher, head researcher for Football Manager, and also writes about Wolfsburg and the Frauenbundesliga for Sport Buzzer, uh, Yasmina Schweimler. Yasmina, welcome to the show. Tim, I feel like we've been waiting for this for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's been, well, it's been a long, long time since Arsenal have played Wolfsburg. I do remember the last time because um, I remember watching, I think it was the second leg, and like Jordan Nobbs and Kim Little were still quite young. But they were playing against Nadine Kessler in midfield, and I was watching Nadine Kessler, and I was thinking, <laughs> Jesus! I, I thought I, like I was just used to watching Jordan and Kim dominate every midfield, and then Nadine was playing, and I thought, Oh wow, this is like this is good old times. Up, <laughs> this is a whole other level, and obviously Nadine doing a, a very big, important job for UEFA now. But yeah, it's 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 quite. How did you? And um, before we kind of talk about the specifics of of this tie. How did you feel um, when the draw was made in December to be drawing Arsenal from a Wolfsburg perspective? Honestly, I was like, English team again? (laughs) (laughs) That was my only reaction. But then again, you know, 
I know you've been rooting for this draw for quite some time already. So I, w- <laughs> yeah. I was happy because we finally get to work together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Uh, it, it, like you say, it feels like it's been it's been a long time. We've been speaking for a long time, um, you know, about matters Wolfsburg and Arsenal. Usually around transfers, it must be said. Um, and and actually, that's where I'm going to start. I think because there has been <clears throat> quite an exchange of players between these clubs um, over the last couple of years. Obviously, Arsenal have got Noel Maritz playing right back and playing very well um, at the moment, but um, Wolfsburg have got. Well, Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg have actually got three former Arsenal players. Not many people remember that Turid Nuck had a very short loan spell with Arsenal in 2014. But obviously there are two players who uh, had a higher profile at Arsenal. And the first one I'm going to ask about is Gilles Raud, who moved to Wolfsburg last summer from Arsenal. How how has she done in her first season at Wolfsburg? Oh, she she adapted just fine. She's She's actually one of the top scorers with 12 goals in like... How many games? 25. So I think that really speaks speaks language. Um, she has a lot of freedom in, in the game and on the pitch, and I think she can really like take advantage of that. She's been she, she's been great, and she's also very nice to talk to because she's like very honest, very very open. You know, has a good overview of the game in general. So um, yeah, she's she's been great. Yeah, I th- I think um, it it never quite clicked at Arsenal for Jill. I I, I think. At a time when Arsenal had Jordan Nobbs and Daniel van der Donk and Kim Little, it, it felt a little bit awkward. And I know she was also, um, you know, she uh, particularly during the pandemic missed her family. And obviously, Wolfsburg is much closer uh, to the the like the border of Netherlands near where she's from. And obviously, she's she's playing under a manager she knows very well in Tommy Stroot, who who managed her here in Veen. So. Um, that that always struck me as as quite a good move for her. Has she been playing because she started her career as a striker actually, and she played there a couple of times for Arsenal. I know she's generally more of a ten, and Netherlands sometimes play her out wide. What kind of role has she had at Wolfsburg this season? Oh, she's pretty much all over the place. Like you can never really tell. Uh, I mean, she played as a striker against Chelsea. I think it was more a surprise for many. And in, in like the league games, she she switches between like defensive midfield and then on the ten. Like I said, she has a lot of freedom. Like she's everywhere on the field, and that was that's what make her, makes her so dangerous and unpredictable. And I, I just really like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm I'm glad to see her doing well because I think she's a really good player. It's it's just I don't think Arsenal was quite the right fit for her. But um, someone who who did do very well at Arsenal before moving to Wolfsburg nearly three years ago now is. Uh, Dominic Janssen and she is called Dominic Janssen again because she swapped from Janssen to Bloodworth and then back to Janssen um, quite recently now I, I know I saw that she signed a new deal recently um, I believe she's the captain how how has Dominic uh, Janssen done in the last three years and how how important has she become for this Wolfsburg team Oh, where do I start I'm such a big fan of Dominique not just as a player but also because she's an incredible person. I, I got to interview just a couple of weeks ago and she kind of gave me an insight into her mind and how she like always keeps everything positive around her. And that was amazing to hear because it really like influences her performances on the field. And she told me that the fact her contract was running out and she, she talked to other clubs was really, you know, doing a thing on her. Like it, it influenced her. It was in the back of her mind, but the way she grew in Wolfsburg is amazing. She's a key player. She is uh, 
kind of kind of in the role that Nilla Fisher had in here, mm-hmm. like the leader of the backline, pretty much. She's like very outspoken now. She's like very stable in defense. She's she can do pretty much everything. You know, she she scored eight goals already for a, a central defender. That's just in, incredible, and it's like. She always strives to be better every day and you can just really tell how she like, you know, it, it just, it's amazing because like last year I said that, you know, maybe she needs to be a bit more outspoken and like grow more into that leader role. But now she's like totally in it. It's amazing to see. She's probably already one of the best defenders in the world. Yeah, that, and that's really interesting because when she was at Arsenal, she was playing. She she swapped between that defensive midfield position and and sometimes playing at centre back. And I always had the impression she preferred playing in midfield. And then she kind of left after Arsenal signed Leo Valti, and, and and I really expected that a, that what was behind that move was that she was going to go and play in midfield at Wolfsburg because that role had been filled at Arsenal. So I was, I was actually quite surprised to see her play at centre-half. Um, is, is that where she's played pretty much exclusively? She played in defensive midfield like one or two times when they, when they had like the option to push her a little forward and give someone else playing time in the back line. But She's definitely seen as central defender and she's she's doing just fine. Like she's amazing at it. Yeah, and of course she starts there for Netherlands as well. And and I mean I, I guess like a wider question now about Wolfsburg, because again, looking at it from the outside, last season looked like a real season of kind of upheaval, losing Penilla Harder to Chelsea, um, having the last uh, you know, last season under a manager and the new manager, Tommy Stroot, already being announced like well before coming into the role. And then, of course, you know, the likes of Ingrid Engen and Fridolina Rolfo leaving at the end of last season. It looked like a real kind of year of upheaval for Wolfsburg and obviously then Bayern win the league. And from the outside looking at that, and I, I couldn't help thinking, oh, are, are Wolfsburg still going to be a force here like they have been for so long? But, um, I mean, again, from the outside, the results look better this season. Do you get the sense that, um, you know, how's it gone for Wolfsburg this season, the first season under Tommy Stroot? It was quite unpredictable heading into this season because you didn't know, you know, where the team stands. And obviously getting a new head coach after so many years, it's new trust that needs to be built. And then you lose key players like Olfer, like Engen, uh, Jakob V. Gersling, who ended their careers that's that takes time. I mean, that's at least what everybody thought. But um, the first round of the Bundesliga was kind of filled with up and downs. You know, not as dominant as they used to be. But now, after this Chelsea game and especially winning against Bayern in the league, that like really boosted their confidence and it kind of showed them what's possible. And they have been better and more dominant and more confident ever since. So. You know, I, th- I think they're way ahead of where they thought they would be because when the season started, we had a media call with uh, Ralf Kellerman, the sporting director, and he said, you know, maybe we shouldn't expect titles this season, like give the team time. It's also a much younger team. There's many, many talents in this uh, roster now that are like 20, 21. So you can't expect much, but um, they're way ahead of their plan, I would say. And, and you know, the fact they're still in every competition possible it's great for them yeah and and that's uh that's interesting as well because that sounds quite similar to arsenal 
in terms of Arsenal had a difficult season last season under a coach who then announced he was going before, not quite as early as Wolfsburg announced it, but you know, before the end of the season and it felt like Arsenal's kind of cycle was done a little bit and they brought in a new coach with lots of new ideas and and similar, really. Arsenal are probably ahead of where I expected them to be, certainly in the league. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the title races in Germany and England look quite similar, um, actually, at the moment. But we'll come on to that later. I, I guess for... Um, uh, for the lay people um, who are preparing to watch this tie, Arsenal fans, and they'll probably know the name of Wolfsburg and they'll know the history of Wolfsburg, um, both in this competition and domestically. But what, like, what type of football would you say that Wolfsburg play, and what what do you think Arsenal can expect in terms of the type of team that they're playing, and and maybe um, just talk about some of the main players? They really like making possession look good. That's what Tommy Stroh, the head coach, always tells us. Like That's what he took from the Netherlands, where like having possession is really important and making it look good at the same time. So that's kind of the philosophy they have. But then again, it's also a lot about pace for them and like overcoming that defense line. So you can put players like Tabea Vasmut up front or Svendus Jonstotir who have an amazing pace. But that's also where the danger lies because you have them on the wings and also someone like Svenja Hood, who's maybe not as tall and that's just what makes her so unpredictable. She can b- move between the spaces. She has a good overview of the game, finds her teammates. So that's... It, it would probably be unpredictable for Arsenal because there are so many players I could name that are like really dangerous and can have an impact on the game. And like one of the one of the players again, whose name I think a lot of Arsenal fans will know is uh, Alexandra Pop, um, who I believe has come back from a long term injury. Um, what, first of all, what was her injury, and has she come straight back into the team, or will she play? Do you think a, a reduced role um, until the end of the season? I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, cartilage damage? How do you say it? Cartilage, yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what she had on her knee. Uh, A very serious injury, like an injury where you kind of question yourself, will I ever come back? And she faced the same question, but she fought back. It's been nine long months. She actually returned in January in a friendly, and then her knee got swollen again, so she had to undergo surgery again. She's back now. She's pain free. She, she's back in the team getting her minutes. So she's one to look out for. What I noticed recently, though, and what I asked her about is she, she plays a lot more defensively now. Like she's not pushing forward as much. I don't know if that's where they want to keep her. I mean, obviously, she's in defensive midfield next to Lena Latwein or Lena Oberdorf. And I think that's great because she's, you know, very physical player who can stop pretty much everyone from entering that defense line of Wolfsburg. But uh, that's going to be interesting to see because I think that kind of robs her of, of her qualities because she's obviously a player you you feed with crosses up front and she's she's someone who can use her body very well, shoot from distance. So I, I'm excited to see how they, they use her the next few games. Yeah, and, and I guess like coming back to more of an, an, an overall, I guess, existential kind of question, but for so many years um, in women's football, in, in European football, in the Champions League, there's been such a distinct hierarchy in terms of it's Leon miles ahead of everyone, and then like Wolfsburg were like the second team who were miles ahead of everyone else, effectively. So you had that kind of 
and and you know Wolfsburg have very much sick of the sight of Leon in this competition uh, because they've very directly stopped Wolfsburg winning more than two Champions League titles but that's been shaken up a little bit now and and it now it looks like Barcelona are in that Leon position and just ahead of everyone um, where where do you assess Wolfsburg's Wolfsburg's level like in European terms? Still one of the best, and there's no way you can deny that. I mean, they won the Champions League twice, but they've also been in the final five times. So there is some prestige they have, and and I, I think the fact. So many people underestimated them against Chelsea and then they got this result, this very clear result um, speaks volumes. Definitely. And I, and I think kind of going into this tie, like it's, it's very difficult to judge. I mean, I, I think Arsenal and Wolfsburg are probably on similar levels, but I think Wolfsburg, you know, Arsenal aren't experienced in the Champions League. That's that's the thing I think that maybe makes Wolfsburg slight favourites. Um, for this game that Arsenal weren't in the Champions League last year you know they've not been in it a lot in the last few years and a lot of Arsenal's players don't don't quite have that experience so uh, like I think that that might be um, a, a bit of a kind of I guess a decider in the tie well a potentially a decider anyway how, how do you see the tie going overall? That's a good question <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think this season has proven that Wolfsburg performed best when, like, there's really something to play for. I, I don't mean any disrespect, but, like, even if you, like, consider the fact that they've won the German Cup seven times in a row, they have very much experience in, in this, like, when it matters and, and knockout stage type of game. So I think it's going to be very even in terms of performances because I think the qualities at Arsenal are also very similar as you said already but honestly I I, I cannot predict because <laughs> I think it's too even like I, I watched a couple of Arsenal games this season and um, the thing is in the league there's not many teams that can probably challenge Wolfsburg like Arsenal can in terms of qualities and, and the roster like having so many so many international stars that's not not possible in the league so that's something where Arsenal have a big advantage and that's always going to be a challenge for Wolfsburg yeah yeah I, I spoke to Jonas on on Sunday and, and actually someone else asked it like Arsenal beat Brighton 3-0 on Sunday and they missed a few chances and he was asked about that and he said we, we've got you know Wolfsburg aren't going to give us 15 shots on goal um, and, you know, he spoke about the fact that it's going to be very tight. It's going to be decided on very tight margins. And he was saying, like, look, no one misses on purpose. But if we get a chance against Wolfsburg, we're going to have to take it because um, otherwise they'll punish you. So I, I, I kind of agree. I think this is going to be a game of really fine margins. I, I honestly, I think that Wolfsburg's experience and the fact that the second leg is at home for Wolfsburg does make them slight favourites. But what do you think, because um, obviously we're in a situation where both legs are being played in you know, the team's main stadium. So first leg at Emirates Stadium, where Arsenal women have played a few times this season now. So it's not completely alien to them, but it's still not Meadow Park. And likewise, the second leg is going to be at the, is it is it called the Volkswagen Arena? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's, it's, it's going to be played there. So essentially, neither team is really playing at home. Um, in the sense that they know it. Did, 
First of all, do you see that having any impact? And I wonder how much experience Wolfsburg have of playing in that stadium. Don't quote me on that, but I think they played in that stadium like twice. Once yeah. in the Champions League premiere against Arsenal. I was actually there as a fan. <laughs> I remember that. And then against Tabina Potsdam once in the Champions League, but that was also 2014, I believe. So it's been quite a while. But then again, I don't complain much about that because they got their own stadium built, like right next to the big stadium. Mm-hmm. But this this opportunity and the fact that they can play in this big stadium, like that's the fact that the club does that for them. It's it's going to push them a lot and um, they do a lot of advertising they sell tickets for only five bucks which basically makes it available for everyone so I'm hoping for a big crowd and it's 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 going to just push them forward and I think you know you have so many international players at Wolfsburg who played in these big arenas already like I asked Dominique Janssen about it and she was like oh I played with the national team in big stadiums already like yeah. I know the feeling and I know that it can push you so I think that's a big advantage for them that they have their home game in the second leg yeah yeah absolutely and and you referenced earlier you know playing another English team um, and and that of course because Wolfsburg have met Chelsea um, a few times recently um, and I just wanted to ask you about, well, first of all, about that Chelsea game last season in the quarterfinal, because I came away from that feeling like I thought that was a really weird tie in that Chelsea ended up winning the tie quite easily. But I, and maybe it's my, my bias here, but I really didn't feel like they deserved to. I felt like it was a really even tie, but the scoreline didn't quite turn out that way. Is, is that how you felt? And what was the kind of, I guess, the fallout of, of going out to Chelsea in the quarterfinal last year? I think they didn't know how they lost that because, you know, they had chances, but did, just didn't make use of them. And when you go against a player like Sam Kerr, obviously, like you said already, one mistake and you get a goal. So it, I think it was also kind of a wake-up call to, to really, like, show... Everyone, not just Wolfsburg, also like maybe German media, German women's football in general, how big the competition internationally has grown. And um, yeah, I, I think that, that was the biggest takeaway. You know, as someone who really, really didn't want Chelsea to win the Champions League, which which thankfully they didn't in the end, uh, because we're fond of reminding our listeners that only one English team has won the competition um, and it's Arsenal, and we want to keep it that way. Um, but obviously this year, you know, Wolfsburg had a really tough group um, with Juventus and Chelsea. And I, as much as a lot of Arsenal fans experienced that Wolfsburg-Chelsea tie last year in the quarterfinal, and, and I think commiserated with you, um, a lot of us quite enjoyed the time you played Chelsea in December, <laughs> which we can kind of go into in a minute. But... You know how did you how did you see Wolfsburg's overall performance in the group stage? Because I have to say, as a, as a neutral, there were some absolutely cracking games in there. Yeah, one hundred percent. That group cha- uh, group stage changed a lot, but I also think that's why the the results were so mixed most of the time. Because like when we didn't have the group stage, you had like the games in the Champions League where like one the first leg ended like. 12-0 maybe, and the second leg didn't matter, so you could rotate a lot. That's not possible anymore. You have to be at your best. And then you have the league, the cup, the Champions League group stage. 
that really took a toll on them. Like they were exhausted at some point, perhaps. So that's probably why some of the results were mixed. But then again, like I said, they performed best when it mattered and uh, made it through in the end. Even though I think when I got asked to predict who will make it through, I said Chelsea first, Wolfsburg second. Then again, it was also, again, just showing me how much the competition has shown uh, grown because I didn't expect Juventus to do so well, but they were amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that was my takeaway from the group because I watched most of the games in that group because um, they happen, They were usually on different nights to the nights that Arsenal played. Um, and, and yeah, I, I kind of thought you, you, you get the sense that Juventus um, and Italy in general is just a, you know, women's football is really beginning to develop there and those teams can compete. Um, a fair bit and well switching it I guess a little bit tangentially to Arsenal's group stage we had Hoffenheim in our group um, and we had you know one of our best performances of the season in the home game and probably our worst performance of the season in the away game but one of the players that really caught the eye of Arsenal fans was um, and I'm really aware that I, I always get her name confused because there is a men's player called Julian Brandt and so I, I keep calling her Julie Brandt, but Julie, it's Julie Brand, right? Um, Julie Brand uh, from, from Hoffenheim, who has signed for Wolfsburg next season. I mean, that sounds like a really exciting signing. And do you think that's really the type of signing that Wolfsburg are, I guess, are aiming for? That kind of really like the, the best emerging talent in Germany? Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I, I felt for a long time that she was not going to stay in Germany. So that really took me by surprise that they got someone like Jule Brand. But it also shows that the project that's happening in Voicebook by by growing this very young team into like a Champions League contender again, perhaps. You know, it, it, other other players notice it. I mean, it's not just Jule Brand. It's also Merle Froms coming back. Germany's number one. That just tells you how attractive Wolfsburg still is and the standing they have. Yeah, definitely. And and is that, do you think, um, because obviously, you know, Barcelona are, are the best team in Europe at the moment. The WSL teams are, are getting a lot more revenue in. Do, do you think that will be the project for for teams, I guess, like Wolfsburg and Bayern as well, to to try and be like, you know, the preferred employer for, for German players? Not necessarily. No, I don't think that's the plan at all. Like, if there's a talent they can sign, it doesn't really matter where they come from. But obviously, as a German team, they love having German players. Yeah, speaking of of, uh, the the domestic league, um, title race in Germany this year, very, very tight. I believe Wolfsburg, they one point ahead now of Bayern um, at the top of the Bundesliga. I can't remember whether they've played their game in hand or not. Yeah, yesterday yeah. they won against uh, SC Zand. Yes, yeah. So they're one point clear and they play Bayern at home in April. Um, how, how? I guess, how do you see that title race? Are you confident that Wolfsburg can see it over the line? It's hard to predict, really, because now <laughs> this weekend they play Hoffenheim, then they have the first leg against Arsenal, then they play Frankfurt. And then they play Arsenal again. So it's like very deciding weeks ahead of this Bayern Munich game. And Bayern play um, Frankfurt today. Yeah, when this podcast releases, it's today. Yeah. So there's still like so much to play for. Like 
Hoffenheim and, and Frankfurt and Potsdam are still contenders for the third place, which also qualifies for the Champions League. But even even like the distance between second place and third place, it's not impossible to switch that. So there's still all to play for. But I think in the end, it's still going to decide between Bayern and, and Wolfsburg because they have the experience and they obviously have the the, the roster to, to kind of compensate um, all the the games they play. Yeah, and, and obviously Bayern are in the Champions League quarterfinals as well, so they've you know they've they've got um, they've got big games as well all around there. I, I wondered um, I wondered as well. I, I guess again a more, a more general like overview question. Again, looking at it from the outside, when Bayern won the league last year, um, as someone who who only like is a casual observer of the German league, I did wonder if it was going to be similar to you know a few years ago when Bayern. Um, led by Vivian Miedema, won the title a couple of years in a row, and maybe a few of us were thinking, oh, okay, that's that's Wolfsburg, um, maybe not the force they were. And then, of course, Wolfsburg came back and won several league titles in a row. Did this feel similar to you at all in terms of Bayern winning it? Did you feel like... Um, was there any I guess was there any anxiety about Wolfsburg perhaps losing their kind of perch at the top or was it considered no this this is probably just like a a short blip this was a long time coming like Bayern always had this roster that was capable of winning championships they just didn't win the games when it mattered against Wolfsburg for example but that year it was different um, obviously, Wolfsburg losing Pernil Harder hurt them a lot because it was so last minute. Mm. Um, and then they had Eva Payor out for a while, so that 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 like that had a big impact on them. But um, yeah, Bayern Bayern still have a very strong team. They have Clara Bühl, Lina Magul, Lea Schüller. That's world class players, and they need to have the ambition to win the Bundesliga. There's like no denying it. Like. Don't play the underdog. You have a team capable of winning this Bundesliga every single season. It's just about the consistency for them. That's been lacking in the past, and um, that's what they that's what they need in in future. Also, that experience on the international stage, like make it further, get that experience in, and then that consistency will come. Yeah, I I have to say I, I look at the Frauen Bundesliga and and I always think of. Like Wolfsburg remind me of Chelsea and Bayern remind me of Arsenal in that Arsenal have always got the squad to compete, but they've struggled on that consistency basis, on that kind of being regularly in the Champions League basis. And Wolfsburg and Chelsea both have this kind of, we've been there and done it and we just know how to win when it matters. And, I and you know, in the English title race, I do still think that that gives, um, that gives Chelsea a bit of an advantage over Arsenal. But Arsenal, I think, are... A, a kind of growing team at the moment. Um, just a, a final question then, um, just looking at, at the Champions League overall, obviously there are some really, really good quarterfinal ties and I really like this, you know, going straight into a quarterfinal and I think you've got eight really good teams left, essentially. But I think the kind of question mark against the Champions League this year is realistically, can anyone other than Barcelona win it? Do you think there is in, or, or what percentage chance would you give anyone other than Barcelona winning the Champions League this year? I mean, considering they would have Wolfsburg up, up next if they win. <laughs> 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 we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but 
Barcelona are the best team in the world and there's no stopping them right now. There's I don't see I don't see any team that could potentially like kill that pressure mm. that Barcelona are like able to 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 give you when you play against them. There's no way. Barcelona are the new Lyon, I would say. Yeah. Like that's not going to stop uh, in a few years. That's only going to get stronger and and yeah, kind of scary. But but then again, it also motivates other teams to keep investing and keep pushing and keep growing. So the fact that Barcelona are up there is totally deserved because they did something. They invested and they're dedicated to it. And I just love seeing that. And I, I love watching this team play. It's 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 magic. Yeah, and of course, um, I mean, again, this will be the final question, but they signed a couple of players from Wolfsburg, obviously, uh, last summer who who I mean it looks to me like very very contrasting fortunes like Fridlina Rolfo has has just been brilliant by the looks of it but Ingrid Engen uh, not as much and and I wondered whether like what view you take on on both of those players at Barca I mean I guess more Ingrid Engen because she was so sought after um, by so many clubs and I, I know Arsenal were kind of one of those clubs that were a bit interested but weren't really in the running for it but I mean you look at a player like Ingrid Engen who was who was so good for Wolfsburg is it is it kind of disappointing to see her not having much of an impact at Barca I just think it needs time like it's it's very hard to get into this Barca team and then coaches don't usually like breaking up a team that works if you you Mm. like get what I mean so I think that's kind of what she has to deal with, but uh, she will do just fine. She's still very young. She she got a lot of experience in Wolfsburg. She's done well here. She's proven to be one of the best. Just needs more time. And with with Frido, I'm just so happy to see her strive. Like I always knew that she can be one of the best, but she had so so much injury injury bad luck in Wolfsburg that always like kept her back. She returned, you know, played a few games. Then something happened again, and it was just like an evil circle almost. So she never really got going, um, which was unfortunate. But top player, obviously, as everybody is seeing now, because when they signed Frido, everybody was like, "Why, why would they sign her?" Like she mm. didn't do much at Wolfsburg. She didn't play much. She like her po- scoring points don't look as good. And I was like, "Just wait. If Frido is fit and healthy, she can be." one of the best in the world and that's what she's proving not just at, not just at Barca but also for the national team Sweden yeah absolutely and and I'd say that um at Arsenal definitely a hole we have in the squad we don't really have a backup kind of deep lying midfielder so if it doesn't it continues not to work for Ingrid Engen at Barcelona there is definitely a home for her in North London but <laughs> we, we will see exactly how that works out Yasmina thanks so much for your time and for your insight it's been an absolute pleasure to finally have you on the show thank you so much for having me our pleasure as always we will be back after the break with some quick fire questions for Caitlin Ford Steph Catley and Lydia Williams who I met with at Emirates Stadium a couple of weeks ago and I asked them some really stupid questions so stick around for that selling a little or a lot 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Um, I'm going to ask all three of you first, then, if I start with Caitlin, because you're here first. Um, your favourite ever men's football player when you were growing up? Uh, Ronaldo, but the Brazilian, okay, Brazilian yeah. Ronaldo. Good, yeah. good answer. Steph, what about you? Mm, tough question. My first ever football shirt was the David Beckham football shirt. Fair. So I loved watching him, but I also loved Ronaldo, the OG Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess mine's Schmeichel. Okay. Watching a goalkeeper. Yeah, it's probably yeah, yeah. the one thing that I was like, oh. Cool. That's like. <laughs> okay, so I'll come back around this way. Uh, your favourite ever women's footballer when you were growing up? When I was growing up, I mean, probably like my teammates, which I made. I was in the team quite young um, in Australia, so I mean Cheryl Salisbury and um, like Di Alagic and those uh, were my kind of first memory of like a female yeah, football yeah, player. Yeah. So stuff yeah it's tough because we didn't have the exposure when we were growing up to female footballers so the only Matilda I knew was Melissa Barbieri because I grew up in Victoria and she was in Victoria so she was kind of my she's a goalkeeper she's a goalkeeper yeah but she was kind of she's the captain of the Matildas at the time so she was who I looked to as an inspiration in terms of where I wanted to be in my football playing for the Matildas she's still playing isn't she yeah 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 still kicking on yeah yeah Caitlin what about you yeah I have to agree with Steph there wasn't really you didn't see too many female footballers growing up so I think for me it wasn't until I was at that level as well and 
my first World Cup, we played Brazil, and obviously Marta um, yeah. at the time was the best in the world. So I think that was my first wow moment in women's football. Yeah, a lot of Brazilian players, fair. Um, question <laughs> A question for all three of you. What do you miss most about home and you can't say the weather? Oh, my dog. My dog. Yeah. yeah. New beach. Dog, coffee, family. Yeah. Weather. Fair. And um, another question for all three of you. Caitlin, when did you know you wanted to be a footballer? Um, I think... Pretty early on, I had to choose between football and touch football. They were my two last sports, and at that time, I'd already travelled with the under-17s to Malaysia, and I think I had the taste of what international football was and what the game could you know, do for me, and I think that was the moment I knew that this is what I want to do for as long as I can. Slightly different question for you, Steph. You can, I'm giving you the power to turn one of your Arsenal teammates, Australian, to play for the Matildas. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you picking? Oh wow! Um, I'm gonna pick Kim Little. I think she's just got everything, and there's no one like her in world football. I would love to have her playing for you. Yeah, know, yeah. Because mm-hmm. like when you've already got Sam, like right, you could save him, but you've already got Sam. Yeah, so, you know, like thinking about positions and things like that. Exactly. Um, Lydia, who's been your biggest inspiration during your career? Oh, my parents, and then um, just the support they gave to me and kind of they allowed me to make my own decisions and kind of just help guide me. Um, so, yeah, definitely it was my, my family. And another question for you, Lydia. Which Australian food or snack is not popular in the UK but should be? Vegemite. Vegemite. Steph? Um, I mean... I feel like Tim Tams aren't really a thing here. Someone was no. saying to me today, penguins or something are the yes, same, meant to be similar. But, or similar, not the same. But I feel like if you give someone from the UK a Tim Tam, they fall in love with it. So yeah. it's kind of wild that they're not more popular here. Yeah, I used to work near, there was like an Australian South African shop, like somewhere near Covent Garden where they had like all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Caitlin, what about you? Um, I don't know if you can get it here, but Milo. Mm-hmm. Do you know Milo? No, no, I've never heard of that. Uh, it's what like it comes in a tin and you add it to milk and it makes it like chocolate milk. Ah, uh, okay. It's like it's a, not quite chocolate. It's no, it's like, isn't it malt? Malt, yeah. 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 malt. But you can add yeah. it hot or cold. Okay, okay. Yeah. Over ice cream. Yeah, mm. or an ice cream, to be fair. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> uh, Steph, what's your favourite goal that you've ever scored in your career? Um, Probably... The free, the free kick, to be fair, this that I scored this year, I think that's probably my best goal. I don't score a lot, so that fair. one was a nice one. The free kick was nice. Yeah. And uh, Lydia, what's, um, is there a save in your career that you really think of as, as like your best save or your most important? I mean, probably at the two, 2015 World Cup, I think there was a shot from Formiga um, when we played Brazil. Um, and then, yeah, we end up winning that match, um, which I think was pretty crucial Brazil. Caitlin, you can only win one in your career, the World Cup or an Olympic gold. Which one would you pick? It's tough, but I think the World Cup. 
Yeah. I think to, I think a gold medal would mean more in Australia. Mm. Mm. That's a good yeah. point. But I think for us to be the best in the world, it's yeah. not every nation's at the Olympics, so yeah, yeah. the World Cup. And I guess in 2023 on home soil as well, oh. would be. Yeah, ideal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steph, you can only win one this season, either the WSL or the Champions League. Which one would you pick? Oh, wow. Oh, that's so tough. I mean, I feel like Champions League? I don't know, it's tough. I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Caitlin or Lydia, do you want to answer that question? Can you answer that question? <laughs> I think if you win Champions League, you would most likely win the league. So <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, win the Champions League and just like see if the WSL yeah. takes care of us. So. Yeah. I don't know which one I'd pick as a fan, to be honest, but I've seen us do both, so it's all right. Yeah. Um, uh, Lydia, your go-to meal on your cheat day? Oh, um, honestly, probably brunch somewhere. So if it's an off day, then is that a cheat? I don't know. Brunch to get pancakes. Yeah. Or oh yeah. Or like a full breakfast of like bacon, That's eggs, true. avo, I like you still get that. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheat day. Yeah. Have, you, have you had a full English yet? Yeah. Um, like. I mean, it's I'm quite partial. overrated, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I've been... Is that with that black... Yeah, the black pudding or black something? Pudding. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, like, optional. Yeah, no, yeah, that should be optional. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, just Aussie breakfasts are just top tier. What about you, Steph? Your go-to meal on cheat day? Um, mine would involve a chicken schnitzel of some sort. I would say cool. a chicken schnitty roll with cheese, mayo... <laughs> The lettuce, <laughs> the lot. That's my go-to. Caitlin, what about you? Um, I think it depends where I am. If I'm at home, I like. There's a burger place called Grilled, mm. which yes. I would always yeah. get that over there. But while I've been here, it's the day after a game. There's a cafe called Granger and Co, and they do the best pancakes. Mm. Nice. And um, I'll ask you all a music question now, Caitlin. Karaoke. Which is your go-to song? Can't fight the moonlight. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Is that Wait, really? Yeah. Is that the okay. Mimes? Huh? Is that the yeah. Mimes? I used to sing it on singing stuff, so I just know all the words. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I thought I just had that. Yeah, I was. I was shocked. Yeah, a singer star go-to song, so I guess it would be karaoke. Steph, what about you, karaoke? Which song are you going for? That just triggered my memory. I used to sing on Carrot that sing star. I used yeah. to sing the Superstar by was oh, it like yeah. Jamila or something. Yeah. <laughs> but that I don't know if I know all the words there anymore. But when I was thinking about like you know how some players have to do like initiation, it, yeah, that kind of thing. If I was going to do a song like for that, I would probably do Uncle Cracker. Um, Follow me. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 So something like that maybe. Let's what about you? Um. I just rediscovered it, but City High, which is like, they're like R&B band, rap band, and they did a song called What Would You Do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can sing all the songs, and I don't have to go too high, and I don't have to go too low, That's so it kind of keeps thing. keeps the voice range in check. <laughs> and Steph, if I ask you this one, if you could learn another language in one day, which language would you choose? Mm. Probably like Spanish or something. 
I just feel like I love listening to that language. Mm -hmm. And you can talk to so many different people. Yeah. <laughs> kind of got everything. Yeah. Spanish. Okay, last couple. Uh, Caitlin, which Arsenal, which Arsenal teammate makes you laugh the most? Mm. Probably Bethany or Katie McCain. Fair. And Lydia, if I ask you which Arsenal player is most likely to cry at a movie or song? <laughs> at a movie or a song? I don't know who. Who? Beats. Oh, oh yes, yes, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Interesting. I asked Leah that question and she said herself, actually. Yeah. Um, um, all right, one more question for all three of you then. If you could be a professional in another sport, which would it be? And I'll go with you first, Liz. Tennis. Tennis. <laughs> Are you any good at tennis? No. No. <laughs> yeah, no <really. laughs> Steph? Tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Surfing. Surfing, okay. Yeah. Yeah, very Australian answer. Uh, okay. It's a great show. <laughs> you go to the best, you travel the best places. Yeah. I see what we've done there. Yeah, yeah good, cool. Well, Arsenal's Matildas, thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.